Hi, everyone. This hey is folks. Alex. And this is Zach. We want to make one thing very clear uh, to any listeners of this show. Uh, black lives matter. All black lives matter. We stand with you. We stand with the protesters. We love you. We care about you. Stay safe out there and enjoy the show. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Hey, folks. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's time for another episode of that show we do. Um, that Avatar show. Yeah, you know the one with all the all the gags and the in the in the bits and the, uh, and the and the sound and the sound gags that actually are very painstaking and take a lot of time to edit. They're made personally, served up fresh every week with love and care. I mean, Zach puts just as much love into editing the show as I do into every single <laughs> meal that I bake. And I thought you were I thought, to the post Twitter. I thought you were going to say as he does into our relationship. <laughs> um, that too, babe. Of course, I mean that's what I totally meant to say. I'm Zach, and I'm Alex, and this is my cabbages, an Avatar podcast. All right, folks, listen, we got the duty. We got the dummy, dummy, farty duty out of the way last week. The, the dumb, dumb, fart, dumb, bad, bad part. God, you know, I really didn't want to be in the camp that was like, because people, there are people everywhere that are, oh, the great divide. And pe- other people are like, it's an underrated episode. Like, it's not you as bad as. You want to give it a chance. It's not as bad as everyone says. And I kind of wanted to approach it from that. I Like. The 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 Canyon Guide is a cool character, and I like how he kind of loses his shit. But oh, God, Time Lord Iro, Time Lord Iro agreed and was asking. I'm not sure what kind of drugs these people were on, <laughs> but uh, you know what? <laughs> uh, it was something. I won't become part of the food chain. He was he was seeing some stuff. <laughs> he was uh he was tripping out hardcore. He was. He was having a bad trip. He just he just had a big he chugged a big like mug of peyote and then giant bugs showed up and he was like, oh, I must just be tripping. And then the bugs broke his arms and he was like, oh, shit, I'm not tripping. Jesus, fuck. Anyway, bad episode. Episode bad. Very, very obvious. Very bludgeon you to death with a big blunt stick over the head and written on the stick is the word conflict. Huh. Tell me something I don't know. And surprise, we learn at the end of it that Aang still has some growth to do in the conflict resolution department. We learn that the best way to solve a historical and deep-seated problem amongst two peoples is to lie to to both of them about their cultures. I mean, Uh, they're all just stories, right? I... I, I didn't use this term exactly, but uh, I believe historical gaslighting would have been another good name for last week's episode. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I guess it's okay if everyone's doing it. Aang was, this was his Hermione Granger episode. This was how Katara was imprisoned, where she equated her suffering as, or her oppression through what happened to her in the Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, hers is just not 
the same. And for her, her bending was what saved her in this village. They are so broken. Like their bending is from that woman's perspective, took her son away. So I think here, uh, Aang was like, oh, they just got into a fight. MBD. Uh, let's not go to the root cause of that. We're just going to like pretend it never happened. I'm the avatar. I'm a hundred years old. Uh, like he <laughs> pulled the boomer card. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was a total fucking boomer tar. <laughs> fucking. Oh, Aang's like, Oh, well I'm 112 years old. I'm your elder and I know better. And it really, it was just some two meddling kids. You blasted kids. Why didn't you mind your own business? I, uh, I fixed the makeshift prop up box. Happens to be a PS4 box, actually, that my microphone is currently sitting on. And mine is an Evangelion model box. I mean, they're both Evangelion model boxes, folks. Uh, fun fact, you get an Evangelion model. Uh, they come in a box. And that box is a good thing to soundproof your microphone with. But only Eva bo- uh, boxes. No other model boxes will work. Just the Evangelion ones. Hey, I, hey, 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 hey. You're letting people way behind the curtain. You're like <laughs> Wizard of Oz and we've got a drip feed. Listen, people that want to start podcasts, they're going to get all the way to this stage and they're going to have a Gundam model and it's going to be worthless to them. Also... <laughs> Why anyone would ever follow advice from us on how to make a podcast, I have no idea yeah, why. Yeah, what, what are you Please doing? Please stop. Time with Iroh. I haven't had a chance to see their, to see his breakdown yet, but I'm looking forward to reading it right after the episode. After the episode, we're going to go through it while <laughs> we record. I mean... You have it open, right? Mm-hmm. You can be the steward of the of the uh, Time Lord Iroh. I can do that. Room. Great. I will take the Time Lord Iroh Iroh tome. Pull it down from the shelf. Yeah, pull uh, it pull it down from that Tardis shelf. Let's let's go in uh, the restricted section. Hey, so do you want to like this episode? In contrast, to last week, what I had started to say, uh, we did the duty. Poopy, duty, poopy, bad episode last week. And uh, this episode is a true play of lows and highs, my friends, because this one's a good one. This one's probably the best one of season one. Some argue it's the best one of the entire series. It is, fun fact, Dante Basco's all-time favorite episode. Uh, this is Dante Basco's favorite episode? Yes. Oh, man. I already know, actually, speaking of libraries, I do know one of my favorite episodes of all time. And oh, that's my that's my favorite up too, or one of my favorite ups too. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Of course, I do. Which is it? It's the one with the great library that is guarded by that giant owl spirit. Absolutely. We had a few technical difficulties, so we actually lost the footage of us saying the episode title. So here I am recording it after the fact with my very cute little boy here in the background, right, Rory? Yeah. Anyway, this is Avatar Book One Water. Episode 12, The Storm. So let's talk about that opening dream sequence. Very, very weird. Um, so I feel like this is some MGMT music video and <laughs> they should the, uh, the song uh, Electric Feel should be playing in the <laughs> background and then all of a sudden like they break into a mad dance sequence next to 
you know, this river they're all camping next to yet. It's that's what this is. We start with the gang and first we see Ang. He's got these just this big, dumb grin on his face, like the biggest, dumbest grin. And apparently Sokka has learned how to airbend. Yeah, Sokka can fly uh, on the (laughs) glider. And uh, the strangest of things, Katara just flies by on Momo. Giant Momo. A Momo that's the size, or if not bigger than Appa. It it does almost look like Momo is bigger than Appa. He's finally going to get the the bigger half of that fucking watermelon, folks. Come on, Momo, that's fair. In this screenshot that Time Lord Iroh took, so, and also we just cannot say enough how much we appreciate enjoy going through this shot by shot because you know what having like the twitter feed freeze nobody move nobody move i'm gonna play the iro drop i'm gonna do it i swear i'll do it i'll do it i'm I'm doing it it's happening i'm a time traveler or i was i'm stuck seems i've dozed off and missed my nephew's deadline big ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff bad news everyone because guess who Okay, go, sorry, go ahead. I was I, I was gonna hope you would do that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. As Time Lord Arrow shows in like a screenshot he took, uh, which is better, opposite Momo or Momo sized Momo? <laughs> uh, I would say Momo sized Momo. I me too. think uh what I'm really bugging me out is how Appa's flying. Does Appa fly normally with his arm just out to the side? No. Definitely not. It's like some flying on some kite. It's like everyone. It's like the dream is a dream that you would have from getting really fucked up. And you're so fucked up that you're even fucked up in the weird fucked up dream. I I don't want to know. But you know what? Good for them. But it's that cactus juice. Spoilers, folks. Sokka's got some mad, mad cactus juice. Tyler Iris said the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's I funny. didn't even have to read the tweet. This is Y'all funny. Y'all are on the same plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as they're flying, and then Aang, no, no one says anything. They just smile. And then all of a sudden, things get, turn real dark. Literally, there's just a massive storm cloud. And then Monk Yatsu just starts hovering in front of Aang. Why did you disappear? Didn't mean to. Yeah. We needed you. Yeah. And you never cleaned your room, Ang. It's been a hundred years. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, oh, it, it hasn't been that long. And, and I'm sorry I was always like gonna come back. And oh man, this is awkward. Uh, and then Gatsu turns to dust. He just he straight up ghosts Ang. Lots of trauma here. We don't have time to unpack all of that. And one day, folks, I promise we will do, like, I think at the end of every season, we'll probably end up doing, like, a recap of the entire season. Oh, uh, and we call it, now we have time to unpack all that. Yeah. <laughs> I do love doing a, a, a season recap episode. And also in that season recap episode, we can we can give our season-wide critical fail and critical success. Uh, which will be fun. That will be great. I love that. Something to look forward to. Right. Like as he goes, through, flies through this cloud after Gyatsu uh, disappears at the very end. It sounds like a mass or a cult where they're just like, we need you, eh? We need you, eh? We need you. 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 We need you.
And it's very, very unsettling. And then he flies into the storm and uh, crashes and major foreshadowing here. The, the we need you, the we need you, Ang, we need you, Ang. It totally sounds like, sounds like a choir of Guillermo del Toro orphans. <laughs> Sokka with the akimboed weapons. Huh. Uh, what's going on? Did we get captured again? Fucking motherfucker sleeps like John Wick. <laughs> Okay, first off, there, Sokka, uh, The Great Divide was the first of all episodes this season when someone did not get kidnapped. Didn't realize it until after we did the recording last time. Yep. But then, of course, the immediate episode afterward, they immediately allude to that. <laughs> oh, and why does it ain't get a sleeping bag? Is this a monk thing or an avatar thing? Like, I just think that uh, Sokka and Katara packed sleeping bags that didn't pack any for Aang. Um, let's be real. They didn't pack their sleeping bags. If anyone did, it was Katara. <laughs> but I, I thought you were going to say Gram Gam packed their sleeping I bags. I was about to say, in IRL, it was definitely Gran Gran. Yep. Yep, you did. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> so, there's been a bit of passage of time and... This is a regular thing. Aang regularly wakes up from dreams where Katara has is ridden on a giant lemur. Because we all know that's the part that he is terrified of. Are you all right, Aang? I'm okay. You seem to be having a lot of nightmares lately. You want to tell me about it? And he sees, flashes right back to that dream, and he's like, no, I can't, I can't. Not to you, or Momo. Aang is growing ever closer to this crossroad, and he is either going to have the choice where you either save humanity... And, like, live up to the avatar you don't. And that's, like, no way I could... A 12-year-old kid having... Right. The weight... The literal weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah. There's no wonder that he ran from things. Who wouldn't at that age? And also, we... Before we were setting off here, uh, Aang is like... Look at those clear skies, buddy. Should be some smooth flying. Oh, boy. Even... Even more foreshadowing, and I don't like it. Uh, I am a little slightly superstitious, so anytime someone says something that could potentially be cursed, I always have to knock on wood. So <laughs> if I were like Katara, I've been like, oh, right, um, I'm just going to take this little uh, bit of palm tree here uh, and whittle it off and always going to have a piece of land with me. Listen, you got you got to have <laughs> your for my seance at sea. You got to have your opera reins. You got to have your sleeping bags. You got to have your Sokka smelly socks and you have to have your knocking wood. The wood you get for knocking, you know, the knocking wood. We just hearken back very briefly to when Katara was asking Aang, oh, are you okay? Like, she was genuinely concerned. Mm -hmm. But then uh, Sokka chimes in and is like, oh. You guys want to hear about my dream? That's okay. I didn't want to talk about it anyway. Sokka, uh, is, once like, Sokka is once again the Jar Jar Binks of this crew. But then he inserts himself anyways. He's like, this was in my dream. Foods eats people. We shouldn't go to the market. <laughs> he has and a... the screen turns green. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, Sokka, like, did, did you have a very bad run-in with a piece of broccoli growing up? Like Sokka, nobody wants to hear about your weird vor fetish dream. We don't want to hear it, man. Hey, no kink shaming on this no show, No kink shaming on this show, but I don't want to hear a story about veggies eating people. 
It's the triple X version of VeggieTales. Oh my god. <laughs> when we are first introduced to Iroh and Zuko and the same flock of birds that Aang was like, oh, it's going to be great sailing. Iroh was like, ooh, there's a storm coming. Yeah, we get this duality that continues for like the rest of the episode. There's a storm coming. But I love how that transition happens where the birds fly <laughs> from them. They're, it's looking at the same sky. It was really clever. So we got our dynamic duo back again. And it's been a while. It's been, what, three episodes now? Yeah. I mean, listen, we've had a severe lack of Iroh and Zuko. And we've also had a severe lack of kidnapping recently. So we are overdue for both. Iroh's like, oh, there's a storm coming. Zuko's like, there's nothing but blue skies. And then uh, I was like, we got to call it off. You know, think of the safety of the crew. Think of think of intern Brian. He's got a wife. He's got a family. And Zuko's like, I don't care about intern Brian. He just gets my coffee. And then intern Brian's like right there. It's like super awkward. We've just decided. That yeah, right. That Everybody anyone, on board that anyone is that's not Brian. Zuko or Iroh is just intern Brian. Intern Brian is a catch all for the rest of the crew. It's like people that name their dog the same thing. Like even after the dog dies, the next dog is still <laughs> Daisy. It's so fucked to me that people do that. I can't imagine. Ah, it's good. It's perfect. I'm telling you. I don't know if I like the sound of that swishing. Swishing means it's ripe. It's the ripe juices swishing around, huh? I just realized we're out of money anyway. <laughs> so, and after all of that, then Katara's like, oh, we're out of money anyways. And so the woman steals back their, her basket of fruit, kicks but kick Sokka's ass. Kick Sokka's ass. Literally. And then he just walks away, like rubbing his like Listen. Oh. I I can understand. Okay. These fucking kids came up to came up to her cart. These kids and vegetable carts are just they are they're havoc for them. This, these kids come up to her vegetable cart and she's like, wait, I know you guys. I know the cabbage guy. He we talk, okay? I know for me, this peeve would be when I was working in a restaurant in the people that would have all the questions. They wanted to know what the special was. They wanted to know what every single recommendation I had was. Why did I recommend it? What was in this dish? And (laughs) then they end up ordering like the chicken. (laughs) <laughs> they always order the chicken. They always ordered the same thing, but they make me go through that whole spiel every time as if there's something that's going to change their mind. And I'm sorry, it's not. She, they're asking about these different fruits and how you know it's ripe. And they know full well the whole fucking time that they ain't got any money. They're just wasting this poor woman's time. She's got product to turn over. The cabbage man would understand. He is a man of industry. So yeah, we uh, we get this couple so a fisherman and his wife, and the fisherman wants to go out fishing, and uh, Sokka's complaining. He's like, we ain't got no money. We ain't got no food. We got not, none of either. What are we going to do? Oh man. Yeah. Oh shucks. And and Katara is, is like... You could get a job, smart guy. Why don't you fucking get a job, you loser? You spend all day playing WoW on your computer in Appa's basement. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. 
Still, it's cute. you have to keep that in because <laughs> you keep my Yoda impressions in. Oh no, you trust are... me. If I if I if I look like a fool and it's funny, I'm I'm happy to keep it in. So the one the the woman, she's like, I don't want you to go out there because you'll die, and I like you or whatever. And and the guy's like, Yeah, well you're dumb, and I'm going anyway. And it's very obvious that uh, this is a very bad idea. Then I'll find a new fish hauler and pay him double what you get. How you like that? I'll go. And Sokka's just like, wait, I'll go. Uh, and me. Pick me. And when Sokka comes over, she's, he's like, well, I didn't say nothing about paying nobody double. Who'd you hear that nonsense from? Forget about it. I mean, you really want double the cabbages? I mean, Sokka, yeah. I, I agree. I love cabbage. Keeps it regular. Is a tasty, tasty vegetable that just soaks up. It's a... It, all of the wonderful juices of whatever it's like married there with. Cabbage is a miracle food. But uh Welcome this, to My Cabbage is a podcast that has actually just become about cabbages. <laughs> hey. Uh we have to give some appreciation here. We gotta give the we gotta give the foodies that join our podcast something. And <laughs> even if by mistake. When you make it big, when, <laughs> when you start making them Benjis. <laughs> Let's keep going. Osaka, so rude. Uh, so we get this scene that is me and Alex love trashy television. And this is some like this is some fucking real fire, real, real housewives of the Fire Nation shit going on here. Looks like your uncle was right about the storm after all. Lucky guess. Lieutenant. This is some juicy, juicy. I'm sorry, stuff. but uh, in turn. Ryan A is like, what do you know about respect? And then uh, Zuko comes back. He's like, you want respect? I'll show you respect. And, and then he farts. <laughs> he just turns around. Let's one rip right in front of his face. Um, <laughs> Like, it reminds me of like, just the meme with like the angry woman, just like the real housewife, just lodging herself, like screaming, oh. and then the cat at the end of the table does being like, <laughs> intern Brian Zuko. <laughs> so yeah, he starts stepping up to Zuko, and Zuko's like, "Hey, I'm gonna take that finger you pointed at me with and shove it right up your fucking ass." And he's like, "You make me punk. You're just a kid. What do you know about dignity or honor?" And uh, Zuko. Is not having none of that. Meanwhile, Iroh is just trying to be... Give him the hook. Iroh is just... He's trying to be the best friend of the that guy who's just trying to signal to everyone else, like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Stop. So intern Brian goes, keeps going and poking the bear. Oh, with a cattle prod. It's, it's, it's vicious. And as with... You don't care about anyone but yourself. Then again, what should I expect from a spoiled prince? Zuko turns around. It's like... Busts into an Agni Kai pose right away. Boom. He's like ready to go. Which would be really bad because I'm pretty sure whoever this guy is, he's way more qualified to pilot a ship than Zuko. But then Iroh steps in. Like the shit's about to go down. Then Iroh steps in. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. Thing. We've been on the ship for a while. Everyone's like getting tense and yeah. is hot headed. And I'm, you know, what's going to solve this problem? Noodles, food. I'm sure after a bowl of noodles, everyone will feel much better. And so we see the first true recipe of um, Iroh's future tea shop peace noodles. 
You know what? I'm going to make those this week at some point because just like the crew being stuck in the ship and being at each other's throats, everyone here has been stuck in quarantine now since March. And you know what, Iroh? You were dealing with your quarantine and isolation the same way I am with food. Yep. Uh, I can tell you I've made all of these things. I took a BuzzFeed quiz a few weeks ago. I have made pretty much 90% of the things on the list. Yeah. Uh, So we're back at the fishing docks and uh, Sokka says something very pointed here. He says, I said I was going to do this job. I can't back out just because of some bad weather. And in a nutshell, like he's almost accidentally talking directly to Aang about directly what Aang's going through. So if if I was meeting my friend, if I was introducing two friends, I'd be like, hey, Avatar. Here's a, uh, here's this new hot young thing. Name is Subtlety. I know you two are old friends, but last week it uh, it seemed like you didn't know each other at all. I, they're all of a sudden now just starting to comment on the tattoos. Right. Like, oh wait, <laughs> that guy. Boy with tattoos. Airbender tattoos. Yeah, that guy has tattoos. Oh shit. You're the avatar, and Katara is standing here expectantly the whole time and shoots her hand up. It's like, yep, he's the avatar. That's right. I almost expect her to open her mouth to say, he's the avatar before the guy figured it out. And then she was like, oh, I can't, I can't blow his cover again. Uh, next time he's like, hey, that's the avatar. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the avatar. Pulls out a gun. It's like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so eventually Aang is going to make a name for himself and the word has spread that he's come back and it makes sense for him to be open about being the Avatar. But in these early episodes, it really feels like they should be a, a little more under the hat about it. Stranger danger. Yeah. So this this old man, he's like, you're the Avatar, right? And Aang's like, yep, that's there. Katara's like, yep, that's him. That's him. That's the Avatar. That's the one. That's the one. That's what I do. That's my thing. That's what I like to do. I like to point out the avatar to people that she's could potentially harm him. Right. She's his agent. Exactly. She's his agent. Here's like, hey, you want his card? He's a, uh, he's, he's available. And he's like, that's me. That's me. And uh, this guy is like, you asshole. I backed your Kickstarter. Well, don't be so smiley about it. The avatar disappeared for a hundred years. You turned your back on the world. I feel bad. Like, you know, Aang keeps getting blamed for things like going into deep sleep for a hundred years and you know this episode i think we learn why well yeah i mean this is the i feel like this is a question that ang has been tacitly avoiding in a very subtle way up until now because we don't we haven't really known why he has been gone a hundred years and we haven't really asked the question you know what i mean yeah no because everyone has just been asking you're the avatar and then immediately saying how they need his help they haven't been really asking in this moment with this fisherman is being very rude and, and being very loud. We we really see, and this is just a testament to the artists and the animators and Brian and Mike who did a lot of these performances on little like handheld cameras in the art in the studio. They would send off to the animators in their um, outsourced company to get the movements right. But Ang just has this look on his face. You can tell that up until this point. He has never directly confronted this guilt. And when this guy goes off on him, it 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 stirs up every little fragment of that pain and that mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he runs off. He just he just takes off on the glider. And it's really 
it's really affecting. You really feel like something sinks in the pit of your stomach and you know that. Well, I think also, you know, I know exactly you're not exactly I can't, I'm not an uptar <laughs> responsible for the entire fate of humanity no. and restoring balance to the world. But uh, I do think with anxiety and trauma, these are very real themes because for me, all of the time I like I've I've run away before, like when I get super anxious or um, something is really bothering me. You know, I think Aang here is very deliberate. You know, he's he's run away now twice. <laughs> Like, pretty much every episode. Basically. Run. Aang's good at two things. He's good at uh, running away and riding things. Well, I really think that it's, it deserves to be said that Katara really comes through in this moment. And with Aang, she's like, he's like, I'm sorry I ran away. And she says, no. This guy was a total jerk. And you had every right to feel that way and mm-hmm. i can see why like you reacted i would have run away too yeah and then we can tell ang is like not being completely forthcoming but still she does you know say well tell me about it mm-hmm. um but i don't think she has to say she didn't have to say those words like right. you know she was inviting it and finally ang is into that it has to do with your dream doesn't it talk to me well it's kind of a long story. Like he's finally run away. It's like the farthest place where no one else can find him. And, and every single time, Katara always finds him. I'm going to try to get a little fire going. She's very emotionally intelligent in the way that she handles this. She is patient. She is kind. She shows him empathy. And um, she she's like, it's there's a storm and we're in a cave. We have the time to unpack all that. So they do. And we get our framing device for the episode. We are going to be hearing this tale and we're going to learn all about Aang's past, which at this point, Aang has established himself as a very interesting character and we can't wait to learn more about him. So uh, Aang, he he flashes back and he's like, four score and seven years ago. <laughs> no, um, he is recounting how when he was told he was the Avatar, he... Uh, was just being a normal kid trying to show his friends a cool new skateboard trick. Uh-huh. He's like, uh, he's hey like, guys, look at, look at, I finally was able to do the 900 and, and Tony Hawk skater skate park row. <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, see, Katara, when I was, when I was a kid a hundred years ago, we had these things. They're called Walkmans. And, it, and then they replaced them with Discmans. But if you, if you tripped or your, your, your school bus hit a pebble, your disc would skip and it was a nightmare. And Katara was like, wow, the past is so interesting. Wow! So these toys that Aang picks in front of the monks, uh, they were what were cool over a hundred years ago. Yeah, they're they're the all the hip toys. You chose them from among thousands of toys, Aang. He's got he's got the uh he's got the fidget spinner. And then he's got one of the teenage mutant teenage mutant ninja turtles. Which which turtle do you think? Is it Donatello? I was gonna say Donatello. Donatello. I was going to say Donnie. Some of my favorite toys when I was little. So yeah, the monks gather him in and and yeah, and they're like, dang, these dank toys that you used to play with when you were a kid. With the four Avatar relics. These items belong to Avatar's past. Your own past lives. They, they are collector's editions. They're worth millions now. We just wanted to tell you. <laughs> You're rich. 
It's like all the Sailor Moon toys that I've been hanging on to. And I'm thinking, oh, man, like I love playing with these things as a kid. I had the wand. I have the locket. I was obsessed with Sailor Moon. Now I'm thinking here they are that they're going to be worth something. And I think they're probably worth like a hundred bucks collectively. And I'm okay with that. Aang picks up uh, the toys and uh, the, the monks are like, all right, welcome back to the Avatar Antiques Roadshow. Now we have a collection of toys that were owned by the previous Avatar and so therefore are being played with by the, the, the new Avatar. If you buy these items, you will interrupt the selection process for the next Avatar and throw the world back into unbalance and chaos, but they are all lovely collector's items. So the, the conclusion to this scene is the monks, they're assembling the Avengers and they're the Avatar, there's war and, you know, you're it. They just, <laughs> they just. You're our only hope, kid. They're you're like, 12. Got to, all right, time to dust off them Avatar dancing shoes because you're it. They're like, Aang, come in here for a second from your playing Air DDR and your, and your Xbox and your, you know, childhood of, of whimsy. Hey, uh, there's a war coming and we totally need you to stop it. And also you're the avatar. Okay, go back and have having your Xbox and stuff. Bye. See you later. So yeah, then we get the uh, the next framing device. We get Iroh comes in and intern Brian is chatting with all the other intern Brians and he's like, I, I just can't stand that stupid snot-nosed kid. I mean, who does Zuko think he is? I fucking hate him and and uh always cleaning up after his messes and we're chasing after the avatar for no reason like i don't get paid enough for this i uh, don't get paid at all i don't get paid at all iroh comes down and he's like hello I, let me join you and he's like let me tell y'all a fucking, oh sorry my lord yeah let me tell y'all a fucking story okay my nephew is a hot-tempered piece of shit but he's also got some pretty good reasons for it that we're about to find out iroh which if i had to pick a t to go with right now. Oh, yeah. Definitely be like a turmeric tea or some type of, you know. It's time for tea corner, folks. Why don't you enjoy a cup of calming jasmine tea? More tea, please. I hope I made it the way you like it. Mm, good. Did you really mean that, Uncle? Of course. All right, babe. What's, what's the tea? The tea is uh, turmeric. I think uh, it's definitely gonna be a little spicy we need something that's gonna be cleansing because this is a cleansing episode y'all mm-hmm. i think iroh he's he's lit a sage and so we get a flashback and you know what unlike in the, the it move the newest uh the it part two movie oh man what uh, a good fla- movie what a good movie what a good movie and great divide was a great episode they're both good you see what I'm doing here? I, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode does a great, uses uses flashbacks to tell story and exposition in a meaningful, engaging way. Yeah. And so- Iroh is explaining, recounting to all the intern Bryans gathered around the flyer, like uh, Snow White and her woolly filling creatures and her dwarves <laughs> around the around the stove. Iroh's just in a beautiful Snow White dress. He's like, gather around, chipmunks and squirrels. I will tell you a tale of my ragey, angsty nephew. We need to draw this now. It must happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, we get cute little fledgling straight out of the nest. Still got a skip in his step, little Zuko. We've we've got whole faced Zuko. He's complaining that I want to go into the war chamber, but the guard won't let me pass. And Uncle Hyro's like, trust me, kid, you don't want to go. Yeah, uh, th- these these meetings are easily the worst part of this job. 
Um, I I'm on the invite list, and even I don't want to go. Right. Um, I was like, could you go for me? Could we do that? Because I would love to get out of this meeting. We can do these presentations virtually. We don't have to be, and it's hot, and yeah. uh, I have to wear. All, I have to get all dressed up and out of bed. It's just a thing. I think that I think that he makes a compelling case for why she should be in there, and I think Iroh hears it. I think that Iroh is the first person to actually listen to Zuko in his whole life. Because I'm sure he has said many things to his father, and none of them have. Right, and he has always been being told how she, he should act and what right. he should do and how he should think. And and Iroh no, says that's something a very valid observation. Alex says Iroh says something very val- valuable to him. He goes, "Yeah, you're right. You're right. You should be here for this. Come on in." And yeah, it's powerful. Very well, but you must promise not to speak. The fire meetings, the fi- the Fire Nation meetings. Uh, they're, uh, they have the same rules as a 7-Eleven right next to a school. Uh, only one kid at a time and leave your book bag at the door. This is a very Game of thrones mm-hmm. scene, so I'm going to let you take that. This, so we have these generals are sitting around, they're talking war strategies, and this real slime, sweaty slime dog dude steps up. He almost kind of reminds me of the warden from Imprisoned. And uh, he's like, yes. Oh, George Takai. He does kind of remind me of George Takai. Hello. I don't don't think it's him, but he's like, yes, we will take these soldiers and we'll send them into these forces. What better to use as bait than fresh meat? He is is throwing these soldiers to the wolves. And it's a thing that is cold and merciless. And it is the reason why the Fire Nation has achieved such dominance over the world is because they are willing to be so ruthless and so cold. And this show just ah, just gets so fucking Game of Thrones. It's crazy. Who needs Game of Thrones? Watch watch Avatar. If, if it were Iroh, if the whole story were about Iroh, it would be called Game of Scones. Now, now I want to make scones. <laughs> Game of Scones. Tea time with Iroh. So, like Julie, Zuko does the thing. He gets up and he points at the general and he's like, hey. You can't sacrifice an entire division like that. Those soldiers love and defend our nation. How can you betray them? Look on Ira's face in this moment. He uh, he knows uh, Zuko is going to get torched. It's going to be bad. So we, we cut back to Aang's tale and we, we see that after he comes out from his meeting with the monks... All of the kids are scooting around on them air balls, and they all learned it from Aang. And so Aang's like, wow, you guys have been practicing. This is great. And uh, you're like, yeah, we even invented this game that we can play. And Aang's like, whoa, cool. So he hops up on his, and everybody hops off theirs. And it's this really stark moment where where Aang, Aang goes, what's, what's going on? What, what's up? Now that you're the Avatar, it's kind of an unfair advantage for whichever team you're on. But I'm still the same. There is a brief r- respite where we cut back to Iroh. The Fire Lord became very angry with him. He said that Prince Zuko's challenge of the general was an act of complete disrespect. And intern Brian C. is like, whoa. Agni Kai, a fire duel. He's still a kid and he's already like having to be faced with literally a fight to the death. And and Zuko thinks that he is taking on this general. And he, I'm, it seems like he's down. He's like, yeah, I'll kick this general's ass. But uh, he's not facing the general. Zuko had spoken out against the general's plan. 
But by doing so in the Fire Lord's war room, it was the Fire Lord whom he had disrespected. I feel I feel for Zuko. Like, yeah. even if you were, a tr- like, a trained courtesan, like, knowing all of these intricate rules, I feel that that's something, like, the Fire Lord <laughs> Ozai just made up. Hey, you that. You sneeze. We all know Azula is the real favorite. Right. Even though we have, we don't eat Azula this episode, we which don't. I think it's just... You know, they, they give a lot of exposition, and it's a huge expedition dump already. But I think that's a weird choice, like, that we don't even, like, know a, about Azula yet. Yeah, we it's, it's purposeful. I know. Mm-hmm. I know it is. We cut right back to the monks. Yeah. And, like, honestly, like, there's, there's, the more we go through the episode, and I just realize, like, there's, like, really, there's not a lot of humor there is not a lot of... It's a very sober episode. It is. It's. This is honestly just as tough an episode to record, I feel, as episode three, like the Southern Air Temple. So yeah, the monks, they, they're convinced that Aang is not learning fast enough. Aang is playing a game with, with Gyatu, and they're like, we need you to go train, Aang. What the fuck? You, you gotta be the avatar. Pressure, 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 pressure. And Gato is like... We need you, Aang. We need you. Gato is the very cool uh, guardian who's like, nah, nah, fam. He's gonna train when I say so. He needs to be a kid and play and be a fucking child. I will decide when he trains and when he gets his butt kicked at Pai Shoal. And the old gr- grizzly old man is like, I don't want, I don't like kids, so I'm going to be mean for no reason. And kind of Aang, reminds me of Agra from the Dark Crystal. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So yeah, they decide that the only way for Aang to truly develop is to separate him from Gyatso so he can focus on his training. Aang hears this, and he is shocked and heartbroken. He has. He doesn't have the tools to process this, and when he wakes up from the iceberg, you know, he's a child. He still doesn't. He he he. He's still trying to build those tools, and he'll he'll get there. But he's got a lot of growing to do. Aang, it, we flash back. We, we get. We're we're back in the cave, and Aang's telling the story to Katara, and he gets really mad. How could they do that to me? They wanted to take away everything I knew and everyone I loved. Because he's. Just now processing this stuff. Remember, this is a hundred years old, but this happened to him practically months ago. So it's all still raw, and he's still dealing with it. We're and trying to think about how long ago, a hundred years ago, literally the prohibition was happening. Right. That's what we, our country was dealing with. Yeah. Katara does a wonderful thing here, which she's been doing this whole episode, is she has been letting him talk, and she has been validating his feelings, and both of those things are huge. You ran away. And then the Fire Nation attacked our temple. My people needed me and I wasn't there to help. You don't know what would have the world needed me and I wasn't there to help. And she mentions, you know, the thing that you're, well, as corny as it may sound, the one thing you give people is hope. You know, every town that he's gone to and every person within two seconds, they're like, yep, it's the Avatar. See, it's the Avatar. He just, it bothers me how they like robbed uh, him of so much agency. Yeah. And it's, it's just... It's so heavy on him. It's so clearly so heavy on him. It is a ball and chain that he's been dragging around while he's been trying to ride koi fish and forget about his responsibilities. We actually do see Azula. So I hate my own words (laughs) uh, because even though, yeah, so... Only for a second, though. Zuko is standing up to his father 
and showing the most courage that a child could ever show mm-hmm. and saying, standing up and saying, no, this was wrong. I did not meet. I was not disrespecting you. I was standing up for our nation and what I want this nation that I'm one day going to lead to stand for. I meant you no disrespect. I am your loyal son. The difference I think that's interesting here is Aang is recounting his own story, whereas Iroh is recounting Zuko's story. Yeah, that's a very interesting observation. But they're both talking about this deep shame they have. Yeah. And Iroh ultimately is a, a story about him reconciling his own guilt. Right. When he didn't step up for his nephew, when he knows exactly what he was going through, when he was scorned for, you know, giving up battle because his son had died and he was mourning and he was done after battling for over a year. It was very seamless. You're right. Well. Iroh, by telling the story, is also admitting that he, Zuko displayed courage that Iroh didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that Iroh, I think that's one of the reasons that Iroh so closely follows and supports Zuko is because not only is he making up for the guilt he feels about not not standing up for him earlier, but also he has an incredible amount of respect did, for Zuko. Did he willingly go into banishment with Zuko? Or, I believe did, or is, was he sent to kind of like watch out for him? I believe he did. I don't know. We'll find out later for sure. We have a really great match cut out of this flashback it goes from young baby face zuko to scarred grizzled zuko and he looks 20 years older even though this happened like probably a few years ago it's just it's it's stark and it looks like zuko was the president for 40 years yeah i was just saying you made that joke the bow is struck by lightning and then all of a sudden like we get another lightning strike outside the cave and this, the woman from earlier. Where's Sokka? They haven't returned. They should have been back by now. And this storm is becoming a typhoon. So Sokka wasn't kidnapped this episode, but yeah. he goes missing. So yeah. someone still has to go out and rescue him. Sokka gets kidnapped by the ocean. By Mother Nature. The, Mo- uh, the Moana-style ocean kidnaps Sokka. <laughs> But my question is, how did the old lady find them here? She, <laughs> it's just the one cave. It's the one cave that everyone goes to. It's the cave of recollection. Ang's like, I got you. And Katara's like, me too, man. And the old lady's like, sucka, I'm staying here. Peace. Yeah. I'm going to find them. I'm going with you. I'm staying here. She's like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to come. Uh, find you to go find my husband. I just wanted to hide out in this cave. That honestly, this was probably p- part of her plan the whole time. She knows this is the highest ground around. Yeah. It's she, and she gets here. This is probably her hiding spot. She shows up. She's like, "Damn it, these these kids are here." Like, no, I <laughs> this was, is my cave. And so she comes up with this. I mean, she, it's obviously not a story, but she's just like, "Oh yeah." My husband, I'm told, worried about him. You got to go find him. I'm a nervous wreck. If only there were some kids that were in a cave that I didn't want them to be in and they could leave and go find my husband and leave. So we get a few cool shots of this storm. We get some some decent action here. Um, a lightning strike hits, goes, goes for the boat. We see Iroh 
redirect it, which I believe is the first time we have even seen lightning bending. Seen lightning being bent at all. And I thought Azula was like the first one we saw that did that. But. I thought so too. But it makes sense that it's Iroh. And it makes sense that he is doing it to um minimize harm rather than cause it. Right. And he's kind of like sin like cartoon singe. The rains coming down, you know, like Lady Gaga and <laughs> Hillary Duff and every and uh Paul Abdul and every other <laughs> like just stereotypical song about rain. Zuko's up there and he's like, rain on me. Oh, now I want to see this music <laughs> video. Can someone avatar stands of Twitter unite? Rain on me. I want to see a avatar music video crossover of rain on me. Please, there's enough. Let's make this happen. There's enough rainy scenes on avatar. I feel like you could source enough footage to make that video. Zuka, like Zuka's up on the, on the, on the, on the smokestack and one of the intern Brian's falls and Zuko catches him. And it's this moment where Zuko realizes that, Oh yeah, maybe I should care about these people that have been keeping me alive and keeping my ship running for the past. Who knows how long he makes the decision. He sees the avatar. He sees him up there. And uh, he makes the decision to let him go. Let him go. We need to get this ship to safety. Zuko is once again uh, making decisions that will subtly begin to shift his alignment. Um, a little bit. It's still, 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 still lawful still evil. evil. Yeah, still lawful evil. I would think. And Aang does this really cool move. They're going off into the ocean. He sees this giant wave coming. Like, what do we do? Dope. And he has the Moana moment where he, you know, it's like instead of calling to the ocean, just air bends, you know, a crater through this wave, which <laughs> he's just like ocean. I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. You followed the the number one rule of our podcast. That's right. You Bend did. air. Uh, smash cut to Sokka and this old man. And they get this really nice exchange where Sokka's like, I'm too young to die. And the old guy's like, I'm not, but I still don't want. And uh, Appa just kind of, he just kind of finds him all of a sudden. He's just kind of there. The ship's falling apart. And Aang waterbends some badass pillars to split this fucking mizzen mast. I mean, I I feel like I'm in Vegas watching some crazy water show, right? Like with all of those geysers. They just, they have those fountains in the Avatar world, but there's just some unfortunate waterbender who's got the nine to five. That's so dark. So they get... They get out, and uh, it, Aang ties a rope around him, and Aang's rope physics is on point. This thing whips around, and they land right in, in Appa. Just as they are about to crest over this giant wave, it falls on them, and Aang is for a second. The parallel. Yeah, the parallel like to where he was before when he ran away. Aang's looking lovingly at Katara, and then... Katara's on a on a, on a door. She's, <laughs> she's like, no, Aang. And he's like, oh. You could have you slid onto here, my man. There was room. So then, yeah, then Aang, we see Aang go into the Avatar state. He busts out that same bubble, but instead of freezing it over this time, uh, he he fucking he pops out of the water with it. It's great. It's awesome. Iro and Zuko have their moment, and they apologize, and they're like, "It's all good, Holmes." Uncle, I'm sorry. 
Your apology is accepted. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's this really nice moment where Zuko is like, he like, you see him kind of take a sigh and he's going to swallow his pride and he says, Uncle, I'm sorry. And it's amazing. And so in this moment, Aang totally busts out of the water and just completely flexes on Zuko. He's right there and he just kind of looks back at Zuko and then you see his hand creep into frame as he just takes a selfie with Zuko in the background. It's ruthless. Fishman's wife is like, you should apologize. And Aang's like, nah, that's cool. I deserved it. But I'm done well in the past. Looking ahead. Looking to the future. 2020. And like, if I'm here, that means I'm here for a reason. So then Sokka gets a fish. Aang gets uh, nothing. He gets a slap on the shoulder and a thank you. And that means a lot to him. And Katara, as she puts on her wizard cap and... Snoggles in for a nice long winter's nap. <laughs> Says, an avatar is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Hey, babe. Hey. It's time for experience points. Uncle, do you realize what this means? I won't get to finish my game. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to jangle? I won Dungeons and Dragons, and it was advanced. Evil? Or maybe chaotic neutral. The Demogorgon! We're a deep shit. You've been shot by an arrow. Ow! Well, there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment. So I don't have a crit fail uh, this episode. I don't know, maybe... Fitting. Maybe when they went to try and buy... uh, Melons. Melons. (laughs) And they... Because, you know, I get it. Like, it's when... I think you're supposed to, like, you know, knock on the melon. And when it sounds... I don't know. I don't know how you tell when a watermelon's ripe. Me, yeah. Because uh, guess what? Spoilers. I don't like watermelon. You knew the entire time you didn't have money. It's not like Aang went off and bought another bison whistle. Uh, crit success. Uh, there were, were a lot of interesting moments, but my fave was when Aang uh, busted through uh, that wave and he just... he channeled all of the toys he had as a child that he picked and he's like instead of spinning that whirly gig i'm gonna be the whirly gig my minor probably gonna be pretty minor i think my crit success is Sokka. actually i think both my my crits are Sokka this episode my crit success is Sokka waking up with two weapons one in each hand what a what a absolute unit that dude is never going to be caught unawares unless he like fucking cuts his arm open <laughs> while having a particularly tur- uh, torrid dream. Uh, where, the f- where all the fruit or all the, the vegetables are yeah. eating you. Maybe don't sleep with a boomerang and a blade when you're sleeping right next to your sister and an animal. <laughs> and my crit fail is probably Saka for not negotiating back up to double pay. He heard him. He heard that guy said he shouldn't let him weasel out of that deal. He should have been like, ah, I'm not going to go out unless I you agree to what. Basically, be a better businessman, Saka. That's all I'm saying. Negotiate up to the gold so you can buy that sweet, sweet loot. That's it, folks. We're we're uh, we're really sleepy. We're going to go to bed soon. Next episode is the Blue Spirit. The Blue Spirit. After Saka and Katara get sick due to being in the storm, Ang seeks out a cure and discovers he needs some frozen frogs in order to get them cured. So Angus frog gigging and frog gigging. <laughs> I like it. 
And uh, and we have ourselves another great episode coming up. So we'll see you then, folks. And uh, we love you. Peace and love, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. I'm staying here.